The title of today's message is Moving with the Cloud. Moving with the Cloud. And uh, before I get into the word, let me share a story about guidance. So a few years ago, uh, we had the opportunity as a family to visit one of Pam's friends who lives in Germany. And we spent some time with her and her family. And uh, after that, we rented a car and then we traveled around the country on our own. Fortunately, the car had a GPS. And Colin really enjoyed the lady, the lady giving us directions where to go. I think it made him feel safe and uh, each evening we got to our desired destination. Anyway, halfway through our trip, we crossed over into Austria and we're headed to a little town called Innsbruck. Now, I remembered that town from a time where I backpacked around Europe with my sister in the early 90s. And uh, the tourist attraction in Innsbruck is a building with a little alcove that had a golden roof. And uh, we hadn't planned to spend time in Innsbruck, and so the GPS was actually programmed for our next destination. But as we passed Innsbruck, I thought to myself, I, I want to show Pam and Colin this golden roof. So I overruled the GPS without switching it off, and I decided that I'm going to wing my way through the city, uh, through the modern side, I'm going I'm to aim for the old city. And I could see it through the church buildings and the older buildings. And I'm going to try to get there to show Pam and Colin this golden roof. And, uh, and so that was the plan. Obviously, the lady in the GPS wasn't very impressed with me. And she was really trying hard to get me back on course. And what made things worse was that there were a whole lot of one-way streets and a whole lot of bus lanes. So I was doing quite a lot of illegal driving. And uh, Colin was shouting at the back, listen to the lady, Dad. Listen to the lady. I'm like trying to find the golden roof. Anyway, at one point, I stopped at a traffic light. And as I stopped sort of trying to figure out where to go, I looked to my left, and there was the building with the golden roof. So I said, Pam, Colin, check the golden roof. Check the golden roof. And uh, then the traffic light turned green, and off we went. And after that, I listened to the lady. She got me back on course, and we were back on the main road, and we eventually got to our destination, much to Colin's relief. Now, as mentioned, today's sermon is titled Moving with the Cloud, and it's about letting the Lord guide us, letting Him be our GPS. As I was praying for the service, I asked the Lord, I prayed, I said, Lord, what is on your heart what do you want your people to take with them? And I sense him say this, I want my people to trust me, to depend on me, and to let me lead them. I'm gonna repeat that. It's what the Lord popped in my heart. I want my people to trust me, to depend on me, and to let me lead them. He wants us to be attentive to his presence and to move with the cloud. I have two points to share with you today. So at lunchtime, when someone asks you what was preached at church, there's only two points that you need to remember. And the first one is trusting the shepherd. Trusting the shepherd. Please turn with me to Exodus chapter 13, verse 17 to 22. I am reading from the New International Version. Uh, Exodus chapter 13, verse 17 to 22. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said, 
if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road towards the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. Have you ever noticed that line? The Egypts, uh, when they left Egypt, the Israelites went up out of that place and they were ready for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the Israelites swear an oath. He had said, God will surely come to your aid and then you must carry my bones with you from this place. It's an interesting little verse. I'm gonna touch on it a bit later. After leaving Sukkah, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or by night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. The cloud of God's presence must have been quite something to see. In some ways, I believe that the people would have been awestruck by that cloud, maybe even trembling a bit in their sandals. On the other hand, I believe that the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire must have comforted the people. You know, by day there was shade over them to protect them from the hot uh, desert sun, and by night, the pillar of fire would have kept them warm and there was light around them uh, in the cold desert night. And they wouldn't have feared any enemies and they wouldn't have feared any wild animals. So there was both this awesome presence but also this comforting presence of the Lord. And it wasn't just a physical cloud. It was about God in the cloud. Listen to verse 21 as I read it again. Have a look at verse 21. By day, the Lord went ahead of them. The Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. You see, a cloud is an object. It doesn't have personality. But God is personal. And his presence in the cloud was a shepherding presence. He was guiding his people. If someone asked you to describe to them what God is like, you may want to start off by telling them about his shepherd heart, about him being a shepherd, like a shepherd. Because the picture of a shepherd watching over his sheep is a picture that people can relate to, whether they are believers or not. And we see God's shepherd heart in Exodus chapter 3, verse 7 to 8. And this is where God speaks to Moses from a burning bush. And he said the following. So if you've got your Bibles and you want to shoot a few chapters earlier to Exodus chapter 3, this is what God said to Moses. Now notice his shepherd heart in this text. I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out, out of that land, into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So from this text, we can see that God sees. He saw their misery, and he sees us in our time of need. He knows your situation. And God hears. He heard their cry, and when we pray and we cry to the Lord, the Lord hears our cries too. 
I love that this text says that God gets concerned. He was concerned about their situation. And we must never, ever think that God is indifferent about where we are at. God is concerned. He cares about us. And then I love that God had a good plan for the Israelites. He had a land in store for them, a land of milk and honey. It was called the promised land. So his heart for them was good. And even for our lives, God's plans for us are good, both here on earth and in eternity. So unless you haven't realized it as yet, but the Lord is the shepherd. Okay, the Lord is the shepherd. We are the sheep. All right, I know John once uh, mentioned this and just we are the sheep. The Lord is the shepherd. Um, but it's beautiful to know that as a shepherd, he knows us and he loves us. He really loves us. His care for us is very evident in the way he leads. Now, I read earlier how God didn't lead the Israelites on the road through the Philistine country. It was a much shorter path to the promised land. Even though it was shorter, he was concerned that they, if they faced war, they would turn back and return to Egypt, return to captivity, and he didn't want them to do that. And sometimes in our lives, God doesn't lead us on the shorter way. Sometimes he doesn't lead us on the easier path for reasons similar to this. He knows when we need to be protected. He knows. He knows when we're ready for battle. The Lord is our shepherd. We are his sheep. So his love and his care for us are a given. It's just a given. God loves us. He cares for us. It's a given. But where we dwell is our choice. And this makes all the difference. You see, we can be one of those lambs that, la that stay close to his feet, that are really close to his presence in hearing distance of his voice. We like to be around him in his inner circle, right close proximity. We can be one of those lambs. Or we can choose to be one of those lambs that's on the periphery, like almost out of sight, sort of can see the shepherd, but very busy doing our own things, living our own lives. And uh, the kind of lamb that the Lord sometimes has to search for and rescue. But God wants us to be really close to him. That's where he wants us to be. Even now, I want you to think about how close to the shepherd are you? How close to the shepherd are you living? The difference between these two sheep is a matter of trust. Remember, the first point is about trusting the shepherd. As I was preparing, the Lord dropped the following into my heart. He said this, to truly trust me, you need to believe that I love you. To truly trust me, you need to believe that I love you. We only want to be close to the shepherd if we believe that he loves us. If we don't believe that, we're going to stay far from him. But he loves us, he loves us, he loves us. Our shepherd God is inviting us, he's inviting you and me to come closer. He wants us to come closer. When we do this, when we do this, we become more focused on him and his presence and less focused on all that is happening around us, less focused on our circumstances, whatever they may be. Do you know that the Israelites were in Egypt for 430 years? They were in Egypt for 430 years. And the Egyptians were cruel taskmasters. Life was exceedingly difficult for them. It was very tough for God's people in Egypt. Do you know that when Moses and Aaron went to the leaders of Israel and they told them, the, the Lord is concerned about you, 
The Lord has heard your cries and he's gonna come and rescue you. The Bible says that the leaders fell on their faces and bowed down and worshiped the Lord. Can you imagine the anguish that they were living with and the knowledge that God had seen them and was gonna rescue them, it just made them worship. But when Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and they told him, let my people go, the Bible says that Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he told his foreman, he said to them, stop giving the Israelite slaves straw to make bricks. Make them collect their own straw. So the leaders were, the, the, the foreman um, were, were oppressing the people and the leaders went back to Moses and Aaron with a, a complaint in their heart, with an offense in their heart. And they said, they said what you have done is terrible. You have made us a stench in Pharaoh's nose. You have given him a sword to kill us. You know, there are times when the Lord's deliverance is preceded by a time of hardship. Have any of you experienced that? So the breakthrough has happened, and now when you look back, you go, wow, thank you, Lord, for the breakthrough. But just before the breakthrough, there was a time of incredible hardship, even warfare. And in those times, in those difficult times preceding the deliverance, we need to be really close to the shepherd or we will become discouraged and possibly even offended. But if we're close to the shepherd, if we're close to the shepherd, when we hear the kindness in his voice, when we feel his heartbeat, his heart that beats, I love you, I love you, I love you, then the circumstances become dim in the sight of the light of his presence. God is saying, to truly trust me, you need to believe that I love you. If you're struggling in this area, possibly you're saying, but Bruce, I'm struggling to believe that God loves me. My circumstances are so over, overwhelmingly difficult that I actually question God's love. Then I wanna encourage you, phone like a really godly spiritual friend of yours or, or go to your life group or come see one of the pastors after the service and just say, I'm struggling in this area, please pray for me. And that's, your friend or your life group leader or one of the pastors pray for you. Just allow your heart to soften again and to realize that God is a God of love. He's a good shepherd and he sees you. Let me finish this first point by emphasizing that God is faithful to his promises. God is faithful to his promises. We may think that 430 years in Egypt was too long, but God is the shepherd his ways are higher than our ways. That's what the Bible says. His ways are higher than our ways. Joseph knew this. Joseph knew that God's ways are higher than his ways. He didn't try to get out of Egypt prematurely. It's not like Joseph at the age of 120 said to everyone, guys, it's time to go back to the promised land. Let's just escape, you know, when the Egyptians are busy with one of their festivals. He didn't do that. Joseph trusted God's timing. The reason for that is that he had a promise that he held on to. God had promised Joseph's great-grandfather Abraham the promised land. He said, I'm going to lead you to a land of your own, a land of milk and honey. And so Abraham believed the promise. Isaac, Joseph's grandfather, he dwelt in the land. He lived in the land of promise. Jacob, Joseph's father, dwelt in the land. Joseph spent his early childhood in the land, in the promised land. He knew what God had given. 
Joseph had such faith that the Lord would deliver his people out of Egypt at some point that he made the Israelites swear an oath. He said, God will surely come to your aid and then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. You must take my bones up with you from this place. Hebrews 11 is the chapter on faith. And in that chapter, we hear about men and women of faith and what they did by faith. Do you know that what is written about Joseph in Hebrews 11 is not about the dream he had. It's not about the fact that he held on to the dream. It's not about the fact that he stayed faithful to God even though he was a slave in Egypt. It's not about the fact that he was a second in command to Pharaoh and he helped them to provide for the famine years. It wasn't that. This is what it says in Hebrews 11 about Joseph. It's found in verse 22. It says, by faith, Joseph. There's only one line about Joseph. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about his bones. That is Joseph's faith. The Lord is gonna lead us out of this place. This place of bondage is temporary. God is gonna take us back to the promised land. So he told the people, he said, my bones, they're not gonna stay in Egypt. Promise me, when God delivers you, that you will take my bones with you and bury them in the promised land. And God saw that as faith. So if you are experiencing an Egypt in your life, take heart. God is your shepherd. You can trust in him. Hold on to his promises. He is faithful to bring them to pass. So my first point was about trusting the shepherd, trusting his heart, trusting his promises, trusting his timing. The second point is about moving with the cloud moving with the cloud. So please turn with me quickly to Numbers chapter 9, verse 18 to 22. Once again, I'm reading from the New International Version. So it's Numbers chapter 9, verse 18 to 22. Read the following. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out, and at his command, they encamped. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in camp. When the Lord remained over the tabernacle a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle only a few days. At the Lord's command, they would encamp. And then at his command, they would set out. Sometimes the cloud stayed only from evening till morning. That's when uh, they camped for the night the next morning, the cloud lifted, and they were really glad that they didn't unpack their suitcases. Sometimes the cloud stayed only from evening till morning, and when it lifted in the morning, they set out. Whether by day or by night, whenever the cloud lifted, they set out. Whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. I love this passage of scripture. It inspires me, actually, if I tell you the truth. It's really inspiring about how they watched the cloud, how they waited, how they moved. And uh, the Israelites were God's chosen people, and they adopted a posture that we can learn from. 
If I had to describe their posture in three words, the words would be watching, waiting, and moving. Watching, waiting, and moving. They kept their eyes on the cloud. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night represented the presence of God. And they quickly learned that moving with God's presence was a wise thing to do. So they watched the cloud. If the cloud rested on the tabernacle, they would wait, no matter how long. Do you know that at Mount Sinai, the Israelites camped for almost a year in the one place? But even though the cloud wasn't moving, it didn't mean that God wasn't working. It was at Mount Sinai that God gave them the Ten Commandments and established the priesthood. Perhaps there's some people here today, or some who are watching online, that need to hear this. This is what the Lord dropped in my heart about this. God is preparing you in your waiting place. Don't try move ahead in your own strength. Just wait peacefully. He will move you in his perfect timing. Can I read that again? God is preparing you in your waiting place. Don't try to move ahead in your own strength. Just wait peacefully. He will move you in his perfect timing. Do you know that David waited for 15 years to become king? 15 years. But those years were not wasted. God was preparing him to be a shepherd king of, after his own hearts. The posture of watching and waiting and moving is a posture of surrender. It's a posture of surrender. Pam and I have a prayer of surrender that we prayed. Uh, we prayed specifically when God was moving us out of corporate into ministry. And uh, the prayer went like this. Lord, don't let us stay in this place one day longer than you want us here. And don't let us leave one day before you have called us to move. This prayer is a good prayer to pray if you're finding yourself in a transition place. If you have a sense that God is moving you, there's a change happening, you're not quite sure what, and you're praying, and you're not sure the, about the details, the what, the where, the how, then this is a good prayer to pray. I'm going to pray it now, and some of you might even just want to pray it over your own situation. And the prayer goes once again like this, Lord, don't let me stay in this place one day longer than you want me here. And don't let me leave one day before you have called me to move. Jesus prayed a prayer of surrender like this in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Incredible prayer of surrender. And we know that God said, no, I'm not going to take the cup from you. You need to drink this cup. This is the way of salvation for all those who will believe. Surrender is so important because sometimes the Lord will ask us to stay in a place longer than we would like to stay there. And other times, he will ask us to move sooner than we want to move. Sometimes he'll ask us to take a step of faith that we don't want to take. There's an old vineyard song that summarizes this message and it goes like this. If you say go, we will go. If you say wait, we will wait. If you say step out on the water, 
And they say, it can't be done. We'll fix our eyes on you and we will come. Your ways are higher than our ways and the plans that you have laid are good and true. If you call us to the fire, you will not withdraw your hand. We'll gaze into the flames and look for you. So the Israelites had a posture, a posture of watching and waiting and moving. As God's children, this posture will surely bless us too. Now I would like to shift the gear slightly and mention something about the Lord's guidance. Something that can transform our awareness of God's voice so that we can move with the cloud. And here it is. The Lord speaks a lot to us as a people. And if we aren't listening carefully to what the Lord is saying to his body, to his church, to his flock as a whole, we can miss out on his guidance. We live in a world that emphasizes individualism and personal guidance. We long to receive personal prophetic words. We long to know God's unique purpose for our lives. And God does speak to us as individuals because we are unique and we do have unique gifts and callings. And God does speak through personal prophetic words. But the Lord also speaks to his body, to his church. He speaks corporately. And sometimes the individual guidance needs to yield to where God is taking us as a body. When we take note of what the Lord is saying to us as a church, um, there's a richness that comes to our ability to hear his voice. So, and that could be from the theme of the year that the Lord places on Pastor John's heart. It could be a sermon that is preached. It could be a prophetic word that is sharing for the body from the ministry microphone. In all these ways, God is speaking to the church. You see, God's people were not a gathering of individuals. They were a people. There wasn't a whole lot of individuals traveling in the same direction. God was moving his people out of Egypt into the promised land. So let me, let me make this practical. If someone asked you to share with them what the Lord has been speaking to you about recently, what would you say? I really want you to think about that question. Okay, so if I had to give anyone here a chance and to, to say, what would you say? If someone said to you, hey, what is the Lord speaking to you about? What would you tell them? What would your answer be? Where would you get your answer? Or maybe you would take your journal, open your journal, and you would share with them about a quiet time that you had, uh, something from the Word that the Lord revealed to you. Perhaps you would share with them a whisper of the Holy Spirit, a time where the Holy Spirit just whispered something into your heart to comfort you, and you say, you know, the Holy Spirit really comforted me the other day. He gave me this reassurance. Now, bear with me for a moment. Can I suggest that even now, you shift your attention from what the Lord has been saying to you personally to what the Lord has been saying to us as a church? This is really exciting because God has been speaking to us a lot as a church. So if someone asked me the question, Bruce, what has the Lord been speaking to you about? I would say, he's been speaking to me about purity of heart because that was the focus of a quiet time that I've had recently, purity of heart. 
I would say the Lord's also speaking to me about finishing well, because this last week, I conducted a funeral service of one of our congregation members, and he really finished well. He loved God, he loved God's word, he loved to be among God's people, and he loved to serve. He finished well, and as I was preparing for his message, the Lord was speaking to me about finishing well. But I would also tell that person that asked me, hey, Bruce, what has God been saying to you about? I'd say, you know, I'm in a church called Choose Life Church, and our theme for the year is a year of growth and blessing. And I'm part of that church, and so I'm believing for growth and blessing for me. I would tell them about the fact that we've done a study on 1 Peter and how the essence of that study is about living a godly life even in the midst of suffering. I'd say, the Lord's been speaking to me about living a godly life even when things aren't easy. I would share with them Pastor Andre Fenter's message a few weeks ago about running with the horses. I'd say, God's been speaking to me about being able to contend with horses. And to do that, I need to remember every single day that I'm a citizen of heaven. I need to find God's word and I need to prophesy God's word into situation because everything has ears. It's a corporate word, but it's for all of us. And I would mention to them Pastor Murray's message that he shared a few weeks ago, how we are called to be God's stewards, stewards of the now, of the gifts he's given us, but also stewards of the eternal. And how about when we waste time on other things, we will never get that time back. We'll never get that time back. We need to be stewards of our time as well as of our gifts. And then I would say to that person that asked me, you know, last week, Pastor John spoke about degrees of God's presence. And the Lord's been speaking to me about practicing the presence of God and being aware of his presence in all kinds of situations. Can you see the richness in which the Lord is speaking to us, his church? I wanna encourage you to have a notepad and to come to church ready to write down what God is saying because God is speaking to his church and in that way he's speaking to us. Take note of the sermons Meditate on them afterwards. Take note of the prophetic words. If someone comes and is released to take a prophetic word, sit down, grab your notebook, write it down. God is speaking. God is speaking to his body. Let me give you another example. By January 2021, so that's not this past January, the January before, okay? By January 2021, we had all been um, through 10 months of COVID, and there was a fatigue that had set in. We were in a bit of survival mode. Uh, people didn't know how long this virus was gonna be with us, and, uh, and most people were hesitant to make decisions. And uh, so there was a hesitancy. But on Sunday, the 17th of January, 2021, Byron preached a message. It was a prophetic sermon. It was a message from God to his body here at Choose Life Church. Actually, it was a prophetic message to his body in general. It was a prophetic sermon. And the heartbeat of that message was that we need to keep living. I'm gonna read you the scripture. See what God spoke to us in January. It was uh, in January 2021. Jeremiah 29, verse five to seven. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. The, the word from the Lord to his flock, 
was build, plant, marry, have children, find, increase, seek. God was telling us that we were going to get through this, that we are going to be okay, that we must keep living and we must keep advancing his kingdom. God was speaking prophetically to our body. Now, amen. Give the Lord a hand. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let me close with one final example of the value of corporate guidance and of moving with the cloud as a body, as a church, and not only as an individual. In Romans 8 verse 14, we read the following. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Holy Spirit is our pillar of cloud by day and our pillar of fire by night. He is our counselor. He's our helper. He's our guide. And he lives within us. In Acts 13, verse 1 to 3, we read the following. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius, Manaen, and Saul, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. It's incredible how they were gathered corporately and the Holy Spirit sent Paul and Barnabas on a missionary trip. You know, sometimes to discern the moving of the cloud, we need to have spiritual friends or a life group, a place where we can go to spend time with other believers, to fast, to pray, to wait on the Lord, to seek guidance from Him. People that are willing to stand with us as we ask God to show us the way. I read a story. Uh, let me say goodbye to all the people listening on Faith TV. Thank you for joining us. I read a story about St. Francis of Assisi, who at one point in his life was in great agony of doubt about whether he should devote himself only to prayer and meditation or whether he should also engage in preaching, preaching mission. So here he is, he's seeking the Lord. He doesn't know, Lord, do you just want me to pray? Do you just want me to meditate? Do you just want me to stay in the monastery? What do you want me to do? Do you want me to go out and preach? And uh, what do you want me to do? And so what he did was he had two very close spiritual friends, and so he sent a messenger to each one of them, asking them if they would seek the Lord on his behalf. And both of them fasted and prayed and sought the Lord individually, and they came with the same answer, and they sent it to the messenger, and the messenger came back to St. Francis of Assisi, and he said the following. He said, uh, uh, when the messenger returned, St. Francis asked him, what does my Lord Jesus Christ order me to do? It's incredible that, eh? Not what did my friend say I must do. What did the Lord Jesus Christ order me to do? The messenger replied that Christ had revealed that he wants you to go about the world preaching, because God did not call you for yourself alone, but also for the salvation of others. Receiving the message as the undisputed word of Christ, St. Francis jumped up and said, so let's go in the name of the Lord. Whereupon he immediately embarked on a preaching mission. The, the Lord is asking us to trust him, to depend on him, and to let him lead. We need to trust the shepherd and we need to move with the cloud. Let us pray. 
the worship team can come forward. Father, we just are aware of your presence in this place, even now. We thank you for your word. Thank you for your word, Lord. May it fall on fertile soil. Lord, may we receive your word. May it change us. May it help us, Lord. May it help us to live for you. Lord, we don't wanna be on the periphery. We don't wanna be far from your presence. We wanna come closer. We wanna come close to you, Lord. We wanna be able to see your move when you move. We wanna be able to hear your voice. We wanna be able to experience your touch. Thank you that you love us and we don't have to be far away. Lord, we don't have to fear you. No, Lord, we can come to you because you love us and you've got a good heart for us, good plans for us. Father God, I pray that you will help us to have the same posture of the Israelites, to want to move with the cloud, Lord, to watch, to watch for your moving, to wait when you want us to wait, Lord God, and to move when you want us to move. Lord, we commit ourselves into your care. We ask, Father God, that uh, this week ahead will be a good one. And Lord God, as we continue to worship now, we pray that you'll be so blessed by our praises. In Jesus' name, amen.